This morning, what we're going to do is we're going to go back to our study of the book of Matthew. And this year, we've been looking at Matthew together. And as we've been going through Matthew, we skipped several chapters, which you may or may not have noticed. Uh, But we skipped uh, several chapters. And what I want to do this week and in the month of August, we're going to go back and we're going to do Matthew chapters 15 through 19. And then on September the 1st, I want to kick off a brand new series uh, on the book of 1 Corinthians. Um, All right. Uh, Hunter grew up going to church. Uh, he, uh, his church experience was far from healthy, though. A Sunday morning for him was more of just kind of a big event, but no real connection with God or with other people. The pastor would preach with a million-dollar smile, uh, but Scripture, when it was present, was bent, sometimes warped, sometimes twisted around empty human ideas that were more about self-improvement than salvation. Messages were more about how to be successful in life than how to be holy. And Jesus was included as more like an afterthought than instead of the the central thought. The church was filled with a lot of good-looking, well-dressed people, uh, but it was spiritually cold with very, very little, um, with little love for people in the community who were the most marginalized. There was a lot of talk about money, but there wasn't a lot of investment in loving, serving, and reaching the community. When Hunter graduated from high school and moved away to college, he also graduated from church. For Hunter, church was just bad religion that was cold, sterile, devoid of compassion, love, and grace. It was less about knowing God and more about who you know. It was a lifeless message made up mostly of pious-sounding, empty platitudes devoid of power. What does the Bible say to people like Hunter? And what does the Bible say to people like you and me about bad religion? In Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20, if you have your Bibles, I'd like to encourage you to open up to it. Matthew chapter 15, verses 1 through 20. And I want us to look at what Jesus says to us a little bit about bad religion. Matthew 15. First of all, what I want to do is, can I just take a moment, can we commit our time to God in prayer? God, this morning, my prayer is that you would help us really to look at your word, but also pray that you would help us to examine our lives in light of your word. Where we have allowed elements of bad religion to creep in, to how we we try to follow Jesus, I pray, God, you would help us to recognize that, Help us to repent and help us to grow. And, uh, and I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1 says, Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? They don't wash their hands before they eat. This is not a discussion between an eight-year-old and his mom, Okay. Jesus replied, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your traditions? For God said, honor your father and mother, and anyone who curses his father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their father or mother is devoted to God. They are not to, put, they are not to honor their father or their mother with it. Thus you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites, Isaiah was right 
when he prophesied about you, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus called the crowd to him and said, listen and understand. What goes into someone's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth, that's what defiles them. Then the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this? Jesus replied, every plant that my heavenly Father has not planted will be pulled up by the roots. Lead them, they're blind guides. If the blind lead the guide, or excuse me, if the blind lead the blind, both will fall into a pit. Peter said, said, explain the parable to us. Jesus asked them, are you still so dull? Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. Today what I want to do is I just kind of want to look at a couple of things here with regards to Jesus. And I apologize. I put my notes on the front and the back of these pages, so I'm going to be going back and forth a little bit, which feels distracting for me. Um, Real quick, let's just talk about what's going on in the text. What's going on in the text? Um, In this text, some of the religious leaders, they come to Jesus, and they're like really, really aggravated that Jesus' disciples would eat with unwashed hands, kind of like a mom with her eight-year-old boy, okay? But that's really not what's going on in the text. You see, among the ancient Jews, what they believed, the Jews of Jesus' time, that many of the religious leaders... They believed that if something was touched, like, for example, let's pretend for, like, you, you remember the story of the woman who had the hemorrhage for 12 years, okay, and how she came to Jesus and she touched Jesus to be healed by Jesus? That a woman, when she was having her period, or when a woman had a hemorrhage like that, it was believed among the Jews that she was unclean, that she was, um, she was ceremonially unclean before God. And it was believed that anything that she might touch, whatever she touched, became unclean as well. And then if you came along and touched what she touched, that would make you unclean as well. Or if a person was a Gentile, a non-Jewish person, and a non-Jewish person were to touch something, it was believed that the Gentile was unclean and everything that the Gentile touched was also unclean. And if you touched what the Gentile touched, that would make you unclean before God. And so what they did is they began to put together these, these ritual ablutions, these, these very elaborate washing ceremonies that they had to do to make sure they were clean before God. And so what the, the disciples of Jesus were doing is they were eating without washing. Now these, these uh, ceremonial cleansings that the Jews followed in Jesus' day, it didn't come from the scriptures. It was just something that was incorporated and how the Jews practiced their Judaism that was based upon the teaching one generation from another to another to another. And what Jesus does is he's defending his disciples because they are uh, they're attacking the disciples for not washing. And so what, what, what Jesus does is, is he, he confronts them. He confronts them and he exposes their hypocrisy. And uh, the way he does this 
is he says, why do you... Lauren, can I borrow your notes? I apologize. I can't follow my notes. If I can't see see two pages at the same time, it's really hard for me to stay on track. So let me figure out where I'm at real quick. All right. All right, so what's going on in the text? Okay, we talked about the uncleanness, all right? Um, So what the Jews also did, one of their traditions was something that called Corbin. And the practice of Corbin was this. is a person person would dedicate, let's say, their money to God. But then they might have a mom or a dad or a mom and a dad who were in need. They had needs, monetary needs, and they needed the support of their children. And so what they would do is they would say, what I have is dedicated to God. Therefore, Mom, therefore, Dad, I can't help you in your time of need. Meanwhile, according to Louis Barbieri, what they had dedicated to God really wasn't given to God at all. They were able to keep whatever it is that they had dedicated to God, use it for themselves, meanwhile, uh, not really taking care of their mom, their dad. And the Bible says this. It says that we're to honor our, our mother and our father. That's the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments. And so what, what Jesus was rebuking these uh, religious leaders for is they were saying, you're practicing your traditions... You're trying to practice your traditions, but while you're practicing your traditions, human traditions, you're neglecting the teaching of God's word. Okay? So that's kind of what's going on here. Uh, Real quick, what I want to do is I want to talk with you about three concerns that Jesus confronts and exposes, three major concerns about bad religion. The first one is this. Bad religion honors man-made tradition over the word of God. Okay? You get that? That that bad religion honors man-made tradition over the word of God. That what Jesus says in verse 3, he says, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? In verse 6, he says, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. That what they were doing is they were being so diligent to practice their traditions, they were neglecting to live out the teaching of God's word. Secondly, uh, Jesus con- the second major concern that Jesus addresses here is bad religion uh, consist of empty profession and insincere worship. It's empty profession and insincere worship. In verse 8, uh, what, what Jesus does is he quotes from the book of Isaiah, and he quotes where Isaiah says this. He says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Uh, they worship me in vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. And so what they were doing is they made a profession of believing in God, but their belief in God wasn't changing their lives. What they said they believed, what they believed in, never changed them. And so they were making an empty profession, and their worship wasn't sincere. Their worship was hypocritical. It was insincere. It was vain. And, and so what, what they were doing is they were kind of going through the motions of playing church, doing church, but without the, the sincerity of it. Third major concern that Jesus confronts is this. Bad religion values meaningless ritual over substance. So Jesus called the crowd to him, 
the scripture tells us. And he says to the crowd, he says, what goes into a person's mouth does not defile them, but what comes out of their mouth is what defiles them. And then he says this later. He says, uh, for out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. And he says, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands does not defile them. And the point of Jesus is this, is that it's not what enters the mouth that makes you unclean before God, that disrupts your relationship with God. What makes you unclean before God is not what enters your mouth, but what fills your heart. Okay? Because it's out of the heart come these different things like slander, like uh, immorality, and all these other kinds of things, murder, things like that. So what are some major takeaways that we can take from this text, apply to our lives? And, and, and three things I want to share with you is this. Is number one, we want to elevate the teaching of God's word over human teachings. Uh, we want to elevate the teaching of God's word over human teachings. Uh, what the Bible says, it, 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 Paul, when he was writing to, to Timothy, Paul writes these words. Uh, Paul says, he says to Timothy, Timothy's a young preacher. By the way, this is the last thing that Paul writes before he's beheaded. And he's writing to Timothy, this young pastor, and what he says to Timothy, he says, he says preach the word, be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. And then what Paul says is this. He says, for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. You hear this? A time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say whatever their itching ears want to hear. That one of my concerns that I've talked about in the, in the church today in North America is I'm very concerned about what I would call biblical illiteracy. Meaning that we go to church, a lot of people go to church, and yet a lot of people don't know the major doctrines, the teachings of the scriptures, and don't know the major stories. And one of my concerns is that with a lot of preaching, if we're not careful, we begin to kind of preach our own ideas and then bend a verse around it. Does that make sense? Uh, I, I'm not... I don't think that all topical preaching is bad. I, I preach topically from time to time. We recently did a series on family. We recently did a series on, uh, on disciple-making and evangelism. Uh, but, but my concern is that sometimes with topical preaching, what we do is we preach all the topics that we want to preach. We preach the topics that people get excited about. We preach the topics that will bring people to church. But we don't necessarily preach the topics that will change people's lives. Well, if we're not careful, what we do is we preach around all the really difficult text. We preach around all the really difficult ideas. And if we're not careful, we begin to treat, we begin to, to preach like human tradition instead of preaching the Word of God. And so what I've done over the last few years is I've tried to do a lot more, um, uh, a lot more of working through books, so one of the things that I'd like to do over the next 10, 10 years is I'd like to preach from every chapter in the New Testament, and I'd also like to preach a series uh, on every book of the Old Testament. But what we want is we want to make sure that we're really hearing the Word of God, and we want to make sure that we're applying the Word of God to our lives. So we want to elevate the teaching of God's Word over human teaching. Number two, we want to pursue a true faith uh, and engage in true worship. That one of the things that... that 
that Jesus addresses here, he, he quotes from Isaiah, where it says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Meaning they make a profession of faith, a profession of believing in God. Meanwhile, their heart is distant from God. There's no real connection with God. And so what, and it also says um, that they worship me in vain. And so what we want to do is we want to pursue a true faith and engage in true worship. The Bible says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13. It says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. And, and what that means is that, that we need to study the word of God. But what, then we need to let the word of God study us. We need to look at our lives and we need to look at our faith and make sure that we truly do believe in Jesus and we're not just simply going to church. Does that make sense? Is that if we're not careful, we just um, we can kind of get into this little habit of going to church, meanwhile, thinking about Jesus, following Jesus, walking uh, in step with Jesus day by day, moment by moment, is we're not careful, it's just kind of, it's forgotten. It's forgotten. We, we went to church. That's enough. That's enough. Uh, third uh, thing that we can do, a uh, third major takeaway from this text, is we want to focus on substance over ceremony. Which is easier? Which is easier? To wash your hands or love your neighbor? Okay? Which is easier, to wash your hands or love your neighbor? Well, let me ask you a different question. Which is easier, to go to church or love your neighbor? You see what I'm saying here? Is that, that we began to establish our own traditions. Our tradition may be going to church. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to talk you out of not going to church. But what I'm saying is that sometimes we get caught up in our own little traditions. It could be going to church. It could be reading our Bible. It could be reading our Bible. Which is easier, reading the Bible or loving your neighbor? Uh, for me, it's a lot easier to read my Bible. You ever read your Bible and somebody asks you later that day, hey, what would you read today? The Bible. What would you read about? I don't know. Did you go to church last week? Yeah. What did the pastor talk about? I don't know. And if we're not careful, what happens is that we kind of go through the motions of doing something, whether it's going to church, reading the Bible, but we're unchanged by the very teaching of Scripture. Does that make sense? All right. So we want to focus on substance over ceremony. We don't want to just go to church. We don't want to just read the Bible. What we do, do want to do is we want to be changed by it. That what we want is we... We want not just to, to these externals, like things going to church, reading our Bibles, but what we want is we want something that changes us from the inside out. That's really what we want. Bad religion honors man's tradition over the Word of God. It consists of empty profession and insincere worship. It values meaningless ritual over substance. Jesus wants to save us from these things. He wants to write His Word on our hearts. He wants our faith in him to powerfully change us so, that our, wor- so that, that our worship of him is sincere and a joyful celebration of who he is and all that he's done. He wants a saving work to change us from the inside out. Let's pray. Father, today, we don't want to just go through the motions of playing church. 
And, uh, Lord, I don't want to just go through the motions of, of standing up and preaching week after week. And really what we want is we want to be changed. I want to be changed by your word. Uh, I want you to write your word on my heart. And, and, God, we want to, what we want is we want to have a sincere faith. Not just kind of going through the motions of worshiping, going through the motions of hearing God's word, but really being changed by it. I pray this in Christ's name and for your glory. Amen.